Meanwhile, at the Hall of Cage. Well, I'm one of those fortunate people who like my job, sir. Got my first chemistry set when I was seven, blew my eyebrows off. We never saw the cat again. Been into it ever since. <laughs> I did a bare 360 triple backflip in front of 22,000 people. It's kind of funny. It's on YouTube. Check it out. Somehow they managed to get every creeping freak in the universe in this one plane. Coffee and a muffin. Okay, so I need to establish themes. Maybe banana. That's a good muffin. So just quiet down, my little one, and call me dad. Get some balloons and go to the puppet show. Sorry, boss, but there's only two men I trust. One of them's me, and the other's not you. I mean, it really? is a pretty stat. Well, close what? to four. I think Arrow Video is like what? Yeah, it's like 30, 40 bucks for. It's like it's it's like the the uh, sleazier criterion, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> is those the ones that are in Barnes and Noble right now? Yeah, yeah. I have, like the crazy covers because yeah. I, I saw the Gamera one and I was like, oh yeah, ooh, <laughs> giant turtle that. All they the kids they had the. I know they have the Showa collection of Gamera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe got me the uh, Millennium trilogy. Nice. When are they going to bring Gamera back? Good question. Hey, they got Shin Kamen Rider, Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman. And we're getting a theme park. Yeah, Gamera is giving a theme park. Holy shit balls. And uh, it's like Ava, Ava and all the Shin properties. And it's just going to be all about depression and <laughs> Anna and trying to understand him. It's like I need a, a massively popular, like, media franchise that work out all my trauma. Yes, that's because that's what that guy does. I mean, that's kind of what the movie tonight was, wasn't it? Lord. <laughs> the movie that we watched here on Caging Greatness. Yeah! Thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, the button was pushed. <laughs> Y'all knew it. And it is so. Oh, that's right. It is so. <laughs> it's one of our famous cold opens. The frostiest <laughs> opens you'll ever hear. We mm. hear that our FBI agent in D.C. and the fine folks of Tappahannock, Virginia, really enjoy them. You need to watch out, Pat, because we aren't the ones with the Wendy's endorsement. Oh, or Arby's or McDonald's. <laughs> or Burger King. <laughs> or, or Taco DTU. Bell. Taco Bell. <laughs> or fucking How many? <laughs> the inventor of corn dogs. See, this is why I think that I was like, this is totally like, this movie is just like uh an American like this is what the American dream is now <laughs> thing endorsements oh, yeah, yeah. and you know we would love endorsements from any of these companies in fact we'd love an endorsement from just about any company except Manscaped yeah so, it's always a great it's always a great idea that even if we don't get endorsement we don't shit talk them on air because don't we don't want anyone else to find out that we do it because we still want their money right so I need to hold all of my criticisms about endorsements with like Arby's and Subway yes we <laughs> love uh, the delicious Ar- I'm thinking Arby's well and you Subway, would want McDonald's. I love to eat fresh well don't you just you'd want McDonald's so you could keep the McRib in stock there's no amount of power I could get outside of that company to make that happen <laughs> world peace one day Right in the grip of your hand. World what? peace and the McRib on the menu all the time. One day, I'm going to be powerful enough to make that shit happen. It's like, Sam, we're sorry. We can't give you world domination or a McRib, uh, but we can give you a six-month supply of horsey sauce. 
I don't want any of that. <laughs> Look, I just want the McRib. The only thing I get from McDonald's nowadays is I'll, I will like, st- <laughs> if I go to a one chicken place, I'll stop at McDonald's just so I can get the hot mustard sauce. Look, if I have to join Scientology and work my way up to Tom Cruise levels to make this happen, by God, I will do it. I'm sorry, by Xenu, I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> but how many fish are you willing to fuck? You know, how, yes. it's how many do I need to to get the McRib? In a the mouth. lot. Uh, <laughs> how many are in the sea and how many are I'm unmasked? Just, I'm just assuming. You know what? <laughs> if Aquaman can do it, so can I. What, what if you're just like Ed Harris in the abyss? <laughs> anyway, welcome everyone to Cage of <laughs> Greatness, the show where we discuss the films of Nicolas Cage 51.3% of the time. Ooh. We have gone up a bit. I'm ready to call me when we hit that new 52. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> it's going to go down soon enough. No, I don't I think we're doing pretty good, actually. Actually, you know, the next the next two episodes are cage-related. So, like, <laughs> that I know of. I don't remember what comes after the next two. Lord. I'm sure it's something fun. Yeah, Jimmy, cage it's adjacent. Just, just wait to wait. <laughs> <laughs> he, Look, he, he can't keep a pocketbook or a schedule. I barely know what day it is now, okay? <laughs> Welcome to Glur's Day. It's Monday. It's Jalapeno Popper Burger Day, okay? I thought it was uh, Blue Day. I should no, get a Jalapeno Wait, is it Blue Day? Popper. I don't I'm know. I'm kind of hungry now. Do you like jalapenos, though? No, but I, I, I'll eat them on a good burger. That's fair. Or a good burger. Home of the good burger. Definitely not a Mondo burger. That shit's like a weak investment. Yeah, Mondo burger was just not good. Yeah. Was Nothing that about that looked appealing. No. To be honest. So I am your, uh, I'm a host, Captain Shimmy. I'm joined by the other hosts. To my right is JoJo. Yo. To JoJo's right is Cannon. I'm here and I'm Gears of War. Two spaces to the right of Cannon is Pat. Hello there, it is Pat. And then to Pat's left, we have a special guest. Please welcome our friend Jeremy to the show. I was just on my way to get milk and someone made me an offer. Well, of, uh, you know what? You should have gotten milk sooner if you didn't want to be snatched off the street. Well, you, obviously, you obviously couldn't refuse it because you're here. Yeah, well, there was a sign in the front yard that said Nicholas Cage and free food, and I can't pass up the free food. And then and then we uh, berated <laughs> you for not getting the tartar sauce, and yeah. you still didn't get it. Yeah, you should have gotten the tartar <sighs> sauce. You, you know what, Jeremy? You're a failing this family for not getting that tartar sauce. <laughs> Guess I'll go predict the weather then. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, though, because, you know, wind. <laughs> Hey, weather is more of an art than a science. Clearly, and I have an art degree. (laughs) Hey, you're halfway there. Exactly. So in case you couldn't tell, uh, tonight we watched The Weatherman, a Gore Verbinski classic? He was on an off day. Starring uh, Nicolas Cage, obviously. Among several, uh, Michael Caine is in it. He's... He's there, yeah. And uh, is he there? He's, I don't know if he was. He, he doesn't seem like he's a he's on the same level of existence as any of the other characters His in the movie. His accent kept coming in and out. I will say every time I see a Michael Caine performance that's. <laughs> less enthused than some of his others. My first thought is always the quote that he uh, said when someone asked him about Jaws 4, The Revenge. Someone asked him, like, oh, Jaws 4 was terrible, right? Have you seen Jaws 4? And he goes, oh, I've never seen the movie. By all accounts, it was terrible. But I've seen the house it bought, and that's lovely. <laughs> so, you know. I mean, we all got to eat. Yeah, that man needed a paycheck, clearly. I also like how he said once how he decides to be in a movie. He looks at the first page of the script and the last page of the script, and if he's on both pages, then he's in the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah, that was very fair, very fair. Fucking chunky screen time. Uh, <laughs> on a similar note, I love how Ron Perlman was asked a similar question. You know, you're not in a, a lot of movies that aren't super great. It's like, what can I say? My, life, my wife likes shoes. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love that man. Shoes are expensive. Man, it's amazing. Apparently, right. his wife has a massive shoe collection. Then, so get an insider on that. We're gonna do the thing we normally do. That thing we do. Tom I'm going to try to remember to do that every yeah. time now. Okay, this is a fun bit. <laughs> we're going to go around and we're going to give our scores, brief review of the film, what we thought of it, and then we're going to just talk about it for as long as we possibly can. And I think we might have some decent amounts to say. <laughs> I do feel like we'll have more to say than we did Guardian Test. You know, not, not, not to disparage Guardian no, Test. I enjoyed Guardian Test thoroughly. But well, I, this is, is a definitely a, a, a very different type of movie. And uh, for reference, uh, Jeremy, we'll be giving our succinct thoughts and then our reviews out of five stars. I, on Letterboxd, which I have gotten him hooked on. Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, I did Letterboxd review 1,500 movies in like the span of three days. You got a lot of free time at work, I see. What? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> if people at my work are listening to this, please, I do work very hard. Damn. Raise me. <laughs> <laughs> so, JoJo, what'd you think? Um, this is a movie of two tones. One is a pretty compelling, fairly well-written character character study, I guess, of this guy. I mean, it's basically part partially like Taxi Driver and Falling Down and all those like <laughs> white dudes who have a bad day movies. But it doesn't go the way you those normally do. And I, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying these parts of the movie. And then other parts, <laughs> I could best describe as flippant irony, and it completely just derails every like <laughs> any sort of momentum the movie had. It just was like we're just going to do this extended camel toe bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad somebody said it before me, because <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight. And this movie does tackle a lot of very <laughs> dark themes. And I think the that ironic tone really undercuts a lot of the seriousness of stuff that happens. It, it's, I don't know what I'm giving it. It's <laughs> uh, like, it's not like objectively terrible, like. I mean, you can tell, yeah, this is like, when did this come out? Like, 05? Yeah, yeah, 2005. Yeah, this is the most, like, 2005 movie. And I feel like this is, like, in the last years of where you could make this movie. But I guess right now I'm sitting at a two. <laughs> and two and a shrug. Two and a shrug. Two I don't shrug. know. Cannon, how yes, about sir. you? Uh, first time viewing of this film. In fact, who's all seen this film? Anyone? Really? Well, weirdly, yeah. according to my letterboxed I had, I don't remember rating this movie, but uh, no, this was my first time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got a little overzealous with those Cage movies. Like, yeah, just throwing like a three stars time. left and right. Like <laughs> an just fucking cages in there. <laughs> Boom! No, I'm kidding. Um, okay, so this movie... Um, <laughs> um as succinct a review as any. Uh, well, the reason I'm laughing is uh, I, I, I I may just have to wait and give my thoughts when we actually talk about it because, God damn it, I love this fucking movie. Yeah. Okay. I did. <laughs> I fucking had a ball. There, uh, 
Oh, they could have gone a little bit without the extended camel toe. <laughs> they did go a little long in the uh, camel tooth with that. However, it, it went a little hard in pain on that. <laughs> <laughs> However, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I'm giving it four and a half. Oh, uh, that right. is how I am feeling right now. Hey, feeling right. pretty spunky. All right. Uh, so over to the other regular, Pat. What did you think? Like Joe, I feel really conflicted about the movie. Like, obviously, it's a technically a extremely proficient movie. It looks gorgeous, like incredible shots and amazing cinematography. Just like it, I just I love how this movie looks and it's very well done. It's just a weird incongruent tones. Like I couldn't. It feels like oil and water because seeing this like. This weird, like, cosmic comedy of like Nicolas Cage is having the most awkward, painfully uncomfortable journey over this almost two hours. It's like, I, okay, I, I can I can gel with that, but there's like these other subplots that just feel, why was this here? And it feels really, like not handled with like this kind of gravity that you would think these subjects would have one subplot in particular the camel toe bit just like uh, i don't know it's there i'm, I'm still there. i'm still baffled by it. like like as far as just like my i guess the intensity of my feelings about it it's fairly neutral but i'm just like what i, I feel like i could like one joke fine do that joke but then like it, that's a such a recurring element it feels so weird anyhow um i guess for right now it's a three it's a okay. three okay. Uh, like there's a lot i really enjoy and lot i'm just really weird on but uh, i'll say three for now okay uh jeremy um Some brief thoughts Star review, then we get into the meat of it after I give my star review. Brief thoughts, good lord. Brief. Uh, just, just overview for now. Yeah. Um, the meat of the show is us going, what the fuck? Like, you know, I I think I, I can agree. Like, it was shot really well. Like, there was some opening shots that was just like, oh, okay, this is going to be kind of like a artsy kind of film with some like great cinematography work with uh, what the fuck was that dialogue right there? <laughs> It's like it, you're you're going down the road expecting like a nice ride, and then occasionally it just swerves hard into that junkyard full of like rabid dogs that somehow can also talk. Uh, but I, I think for the most part, I enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely not something y'all think you would see on like you would turn the TV on and be like, oh hey look, it's the TNT afternoon movie. No, <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna lean more on the side of like. A three point five. Can I get like three point seven five? I'm you almost by letterbox scores. Uh, they don't allow you. So to that do... would round up to a four. Or... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm between a three point five and a four right now because it's like <clears throat> part of me's like, yeah, that was middle of the roadish kind of good. To I feel like I want to show this to someone just so I can watch their response to it. Uh, I'm just saying, if you wanted a 3.75, you need to partition Letterbox to change their reviews? I will make that happen. <laughs> and see, this sort of thing wouldn't happen if we were on a 10-star rating system. We don't That's have time for that, Shim. But just go ahead and give us your your uh, <laughs> review. We got all the time in the world. Uh, uh, I don't know. Do like quantum. I'm saying it's like I'm at the 0.5. <laughs> one. 
It's the same as saying one, two. That is, you can do that. I mean, well, they used to use thumbs up and thumbs down it's, for a long it's, time. The way they do it, it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got point fives because I'm like fucking Goodreads. It's just solid stars. I'm like, uh, I need more than that. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, Good, Goodreads is a little wonky. Goodreads is wonky. It is. But yeah. Right, so this movie tackles a lot of really deep and and Difficult. serious and unpleasant subjects and then it just out of nowhere hits you with complete absurdity yeah it's the surreal kind yeah, of hard it's, yeah. it's so like like for example there's a scene where Nicolas Cage is drunk and sad and then all of a sudden an imaginary Spongebob float <laughs> just floats by his window that Spongebob is still terrorizing <laughs> that town that's great so you know I I enjoyed I you know, I really fucking like this movie. I really do. <laughs> Be, because the, it feels to me like like life. Like there's there's deep and and angry and and sad and depressing and and horrible things counterbalanced by ridiculous insanity and absurdity and and part of what's important about navigating life is finding the balance in that. And I I it was really interesting and weirdly inspiring to see Nicolas Cage go from super duper depressed angry fuck up to you know what things are weird but I'm gonna roll with it I really liked that I, I appreciated it and I identify with it four and a half stars I liked this movie a lot he also yeah. took lots of good shots from food yeah no he got <laughs> hit with a lot of food like and people hate uh, the weatherman in this uh, town, like just yeah. hardcore, just in Chicago. Like he gets to New York and everything's completely different, which is weird because I would expect it to be just as bad, if not worse, in the mid two thousands. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, but because <laughs> like I, I'm still kind of processing the movie. I think I think I think a lot of our ratings are going to change before this is over. Oh, like, mine's yeah. be right where it is. Yeah, but like. Yeah. Going to the dialogue, which was, I think Jeremy mentioned it before, like it, it, it's one of those things where this movie in a lot of ways is hyper realistic, where like things are like in real life are that painfully awkward. And it's like the episode Scott of the office Scott's tots and everyone just just everyone's cringing into their own ass. Oh, this, this movie definitely has those moments. I mean, JoJo was a full-on turtle at one point. Was it? Yeah, at one point when we were watching, I said, hello, r slash cringe. I was expecting at least two of us to just like all of a sudden roll up into a vortex-like ball and just pop out of existence from cringing so hard. And like, I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it. Like, it's one of those things, like, it's like I can appreciate it being this just like, well like that well written that it's able to capture like real life conversation that well but also at the same time it's still just like ah! <laughs> like him throwing the snowball at his ex-wife <laughs> yeah like that whole situation and it, it, that was hilarious it could because there, there's a lot she that, turned into it yeah, clearly. yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot that feels like Kind of office like or shows of that it was like just 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 cringe comedy where the whole point is to 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 do the most like socially stupid thing and it just like each situation gets compounds upon itself and 
in a deliberate fashion, it does that very well because I feel like my butthole could just make a diamond <laughs> after a certain point. Because the thing is, is no matter what any like criticism I throw at this movie, it's effective in what it does. Yeah, it makes you feel things. Yeah. Now, I think it's the first time in a long time I actually like typed my review in Letterbox during the podcast. Oh. And four and a half stars. This is my uncut gems. <laughs> I, I mean, there there are a lot of similarities. Like, this is definitely a little more low key. Yeah, those stakes. Like, like, <laughs> like if uncut gems is methamphetamine. Yeah, th- this is indica. <laughs> Like, you know what? I'm having a good time, but I'm also a little sleepy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's kind of my review. There's like... It's kind of good, but I'm a little sleepy. No fucking way. <laughs> Check this shit. Oh, I haven't put it oh, in okay, yet. Oh, okay, never mind. I, I'm just... <laughs> I'm, I think I'm just still going to stick with the idea of driving down the road and then swerving through, like, not even a junkyard at this point. It's like swerving through a busted-out Kmart. Because <laughs> a lot of the movie does kind of feel like a liminal space where it's just like this weird fluorescent mausoleum. That's the, it's blue. The it movie's just, super blue. Hey, this, hey it's not it, the it, bluest it, movie I've ever seen. No. no. that was, We watched that movie earlier in the year. <laughs> but, like, no, there was, like, a lot of, like, it was like grayish hues and like blues throughout the entire movie that just kind of makes you feel docile. It was of the yeah. era of a lot of like muted colors and shit. Yeah. Well, getting slowly getting out of that era, I suppose. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Like I feel like this is like the last like few years before you could make this type of movie again. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and even just speaking to the cinematography, like, cause I feel like, you know, the matrix, everything after that, everything was just kind of this like putrid green, oh, yeah. but then it kind of evolved <laughs> into blue, like with, you know, cinematic classics, like underworld. Yeah. Well, there's also like, there's parts where there's the movies got a oh, lot excuse of, excuse me, what about Swin? I just oh, realized oh. what you were talking about. That's why I'm pointing at you. <laughs> Well, there was the like. There's a parts where it's got color, but that it's like it's more like when he's like dreaming or like. Well, to be fair, this movie is set in the midwinter of Chicago. I'm not expecting bright greens and. Oranges. Oh, oh yeah, and, and I'm not like complaining. I'm just yeah. sort of yeah, like pointing like, it out. I mean, yeah. th- that that makes the sort of the the monocolor theory for the movie like more naturalistic, but and, like it's still a it's still a very blue movie and yeah. not to its detriment yeah. except for like a few scenes where it is very like yellow and gold and bright and it's mm-hmm. usually it's the scenes where his life is kind of coming back more on track all i know is i'm moving to chicago and if they're still offering like you know, at least you know quarter of a meal for a weatherman position <laughs> sign me the fuck up. The, that's all i'm saying the fucker literally said i don't have a weather degree yeah. i was yeah. just communi- and like he's, he's got a communications degree <laughs> i mean like bitch if you fake it till you make it fucking succeeded at this point <laughs> i feel bad for the guy that he was talking to about the weather it was like just make it better and like Bruh, it's the weather. <laughs> like moved on up. Uh, like, well, never mind. That's like that's the end that's of the, the guy. That guy that he was talking to. That's the guy that becomes weather wizard. Mm. Also, uh, we mentioned it earlier. That scene where he uh, gets drunk. That motherfucker got drunk off of one mini bar bottle. I'm pretty sure I saw like, I, no, three bottles. There was more. I only saw. Yeah. I, I don't know why. He I didn't emptied out that anymore. whole mini bar while his daughter was sleeping right behind him. Slam. Yeah. See that that one miniature bottle was like 900 percent alcohol by volume. <laughs> it was just absinthe. It was like the Constantine effect. It was actually like a fucking handle. And he just blaster. But but the but the bottom of the bottle just like in another dimension. <laughs> it's, oh. 
It's like a bag of holding, but for bottles of alcohol. Infinite Jack. Yes. Infinite Jack. <clears throat> Sign me up. Man, this this dude is just not having the best time. And I mean, just life. I'd have a bad time too if someone threw a big gulp at me. Be more bad fu- because I'm sorry. I'm pissed oh. when somebody throws a frosty at me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's not- a fucking frosty. How, how, how much was a big drink? gulp? You better hope then. I don't catch you. And then the, the pie that burned his jacket. Yeah, that was that was a, now, that was a nice <clears throat> coat. Got props was on bad- him for catching up to that man oh, yeah. and then smushing that's some in cardio his face. right yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I would have done the same fucking thing. I would have lobbed it at him. Hey, man. Because like I can't. I kept expecting the movie to turn into falling down because, like, his life is just like this cosmic sad Zachary, where just like everything bad happens in the worst possible way. He's just this awkward little nut, and it's just so weird and bizarre. And then he takes up archery, and it's like he's going to go on a killing spree. He's going to be well, Hawkeye and Joker did the fusion dance. He, he, he almost took out the uh, the stepdad. The stepdad, and then <laughs> the stepdad decided to pull the bitch move and go hide behind his dad, who was dying of cancer. Like, yeah, bitch, you gonna shoot me now? <laughs> well, to be fair, I think he like walked up to his fiance, his well, ex-wife. It, it, well, he walked up to the whole family. <laughs> I mean, all of them turned around. It was fucking awkward, bud. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just don't point the arrow at him. Just keep shooting at the tree like you were doing. Yeah, you would have been fun. Pretend like his face is on the tree and shoot the tree. I still think it would have been funny if he had, like, shot and then just took taken the, uh, cigarette. the cigarette out of his mouth. And then just that would have been sick. Just looked that at him and been 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 like, sup. I almost thought that was going to be the possibility. Yeah, no, I mean, it. that was a very tense scene. Very tense. Like, he's just mm-hmm. like, it's like daydreaming and he's just like... And it takes it out, and then he like you know just fucking moon nights back, and he's like, "Fuck, I killed him!" <laughs> well, I Shot him right in the noggin. For some reason, that the, the stepdad's face would just turn into SpongeBob's face. <laughs> like that, that would be somehow a more reoccurring. I'd bit. shoot SpongeBob in the face. Fucking come at me, nerds! Well, he hey, that's the wellspring of all memes, Mister Man. I mean, I appreciate the memes. <laughs> I mean, he's a sponge. It's not going to hurt him. What if he had gotten drunk and then all of a sudden the stepdad's face goes across his hotel window, just huge and giant like? SpongeBob. We're like <laughs> nearing like Terry Gillum's ter- territory at that point. That would be fun. Uh, also, Michael Caine is a fucking alien in this movie. Yes. <laughs> he is like a fucking like he's supposed to be like this national book award winning like Pulitzer Prize winning author, but has like has the least amount of curiosity and is just the most literal minded fuck I have ever seen. And like, like it's seen. just completely flummoxed by small everyday things. It's like what son, what is a big gulp? Like yeah. does, he, does he just live in a fucking like box? No. Honestly, it it I've seen legitimately autistic characters in movies have fewer of those types of qualities than Michael Caine did in this. No. That was where I was at at first, and then I got yeah. I'm yeah. I'm like like where you're at, where it's like this isn't like an autistic kind of thing. It's like, sir, have you been living in a bunker? This is Michael Caine being weird. Maybe, I was about to say like yeah. he picked up that big gulp cup. He didn't even say what it was. He just like looked at his son and was just like, what is this? And I, and that was when I said out loud, I was like, you're an author. It says what it fucking is on the cup. Like, why are you asking questions? In, in like big, bold letters, yes. it says big gold. It's a big 
gulp. It's a big cup. <laughs> also, I, I'm sorry, Michael Caine and whatever accent that was in this movie, it, <laughs> it fucked me up, man. Well, I did not like it. I was just like, what are you trying to do? I'd rather listen to you in Secondhand Lions than to hear him talk in this movie. I ever do love again. that movie. Though. It's, it's a, a good movie. movie. Too, I feel like Michael Caine's accent kind of came on and off. Sometimes I would hear it and I was like, it sounded like he was trying to really really hard accent. for it to not come out. And it was just like, hey, what what is a big gulp? Huh? It was very inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah, cuz there were sometimes he he was just straight up Michael Caine and then and and then other times it'd be like a somewhat of an American accent, just like vaguely American. He is a real American. <laughs> he fought for the rights say, like, of every man. Issues like this and Keanu and Dracula could have been easily solved by like half a line of dialogue. Just like, hey, guess what? Michael Caine is English, but he moved to America and that raised Nick, Nick Cage was born here. Problem solved. <laughs> He can just sound like he always sounds. He doesn't have to do whatever attempt at a Midwestern <laughs> non-regional accent that is. And plus, with Michael Caine, like uh, no one expects him to be anything other than British. Yeah, like when he wasn't uh, British in this, I was confused. It's damn near as jarring <laughs> as when Benedict Cumberbatch's first lines as Doctor Strange. That's fair. Because you see Cumberbatch and you're like, oh, it's his coming. He's going to be English. What is he doing? Yeah. What is that noise coming yeah. out of his face? I don't like it. Also, what is that wig, girl? Come on. <laughs> Especially <laughs> in the plastic. second one. I was like, oh, man, that's interesting. It's a little squiffy. Speaking of wigs, I'm, I know we like, sometimes, occasionally, we like to rank uh, Cage's hair in films. I don't know what the fuck it was, <laughs> but how is this like the worst hair ever in this movie? At least to me. It looked like one of the worst wigs I've ever seen. It was the most dad hair. However, I did look, and this was the same year the fucking Lord of War came out. I'm assuming they may have been shot around in about the same particular time. The length was the same. It's just a little flip back, and it's Lord of War hair. So Yeah, I feel like it was just his hair come forward, yeah, honestly. Yeah, same. But, same like, kind of- it, but there was something so fucking, like, weird looking about I, well, to, to me, me. I don't know. I don't know. To me, it kind of felt like he was doing cosplay of... Uh, Jim Carrey from the Truman Show. Hey, I, I can see it. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I didn't have a problem with his hair. I mean, he definitely had like more egregious hair moments <laughs> in different points of his career. Season of the Witch. Oh, oh no, no. There's one that's significant. Sorcerer's Apprentice. Somehow this bothered me more. Than no, Season wh- of the Witch. No, it's oh, wow. Ghost Rider. No, it's the <laughs> one. It's the fucking one where he has like a mustache on it. And he's kind of like weird and out of place on the cover of it. Let me fucking find it. Is it Kickass? No. Between Worlds? Y'all talk. Joe? (laughs) Left Behind Part (laughs) 2. That didn't happen. I was like, there's not a Part 2. Oh, my God. I saw the Left Behind 3-pack at 2nd and Charles, like, sealed. Mm -hmm. I almost bought it for you. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but if you want it for, like, a nickel, it's there. It's not really for a nickel, but, you know. It might as well be. I guess his hair was just, like, it looked like it was messed up, like, 90% of the time, or if that was just a natural. I don't know. It's a two thousands haircut. I guess yeah. it looks more natural when you see uh, the shots of him on a uh, teleprompter screen than when I saw him in the movie. Maybe it's kind of like a um, uh, what is it? Uh, maybe it's like a a network moment where it's like the reality of television versus what's going on behind the scene. The camera adds fifteen hairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For reference, I was talking about Nicolas Cage in the Arsenal movie poster. 
Arsenal. Oh no. Arsenal. Uh, oh oh no. Man, oh, I can't wait to watch that piece of shit. <laughs> we might that, have to move that up on the schedule. That's tomorrow. <laughs> We're gonna have two episodes. No. <laughs> Who's all wow. in that? Uh a guy who who's not Josh Peck, but kinda looks like him. <laughs> Dollar store Josh Peck? Yeah, Josh Speck. Uh we have Josh Peck at home, yeah. Adrian Grenier, it looks like. Oh, that sounds familiar. And John Cusack. And, and what's God this, and what's this shit pants filled loser <laughs> saying somehow <laughs> this is more of a, a better piece of cinema than fucking Connor. Get the shit out of your ass, dude. <laughs> fucking out of your head. Fucking wipe your booty hole. God damn it. So, Jeremy, in case you didn't know. Yeah, I'm confused. John Cusack has talked shit about Conair before. Oh. What? Yeah, that's what we said. Like, fuck that guy. Basically saying... It's Con Air. Con Air is one of the most embarrassing films he's ever made. (laughs) He would very much like not to be reminded of. But the poopy pants thing, because apparently, allegedly... Uh, while he's making films in England several years ago, he would like consistently give himself coffee enemas where he would just like <laughs> take a funnel, put, fill it with a coffee, pull it up his butt, and then just leave all the dookie that fell out in the shower to the point where the production team was put behind because they kept having to pay the pl- cleaning crew money under the table to clean up all the doo-doo and not get like biohazard services involved and then on a separate movie also filmed in England he was still doing the same exact doo-doo shit but, but the thing is he wouldn't clean the shit out of his ass when he wore his costume pants so like the production team had to either spend more money to clean the shitty pants or just buy brand new pants all together because he wouldn't clean his ass <laughs> That was one breath, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm laughing at it again. (laughs) I totally forgot that allegedly, and we we put big quotes on allegedly. I also appreciate how you said that doo-doo shit. That (laughs) doo-doo shit. (laughs) Doo-doo dookie butt. My only response to this is that's some serious shit. (laughs) Man. Like what, John Cusack? Wait, no. Yeah. Allegedly, and besides, allegedly, and besides, we all know it takes at least two people to induce a coffee in him. Yeah, I, like does he have a production assistant that that's like that follows him around to every movie? Quick, can we look this up? Like, seriously, there's like oh, one God. name that shows up in every John Cusack movie. Because if we can find yes, that person, it's that's, John Cusack. No, it's Joan Cusack. John Cusack shows it's, up in every John Cusack. No, but like, does he have like a production assistant that's just like special assistant I mean, to John Cusack? Like all of his fucking movies too. <laughs> Damn near. Like you just find this like person in the film credits well, and from then on you go see a movie and you're just pointing like there it is. Well, I mean what do you think a key grip does? They, 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 they grip the bottle of, of, of Starbucks and just squeeze it up his butt. No they just send the guy out to go ah. Man you know my dumbass didn't know what a key grip did until that scene in Tropic Thunder <laughs> when, when Tom Cruise is like that's a fucking spider on your mic stand. My bad. I didn't mean to oh. slap it, but there was a spider there. Maybe well, I it wouldn't be uh, one of our shows. Like, which one of you is attacked by a bug? I, hey, uh, it's been a minute, though. Well, we've had ants the last, like, seven shows. This, yeah, but those are... I mean, it's, <laughs> I hate to admit it, but easier to handle than most of the creatures we've had that show fair. up on the show. Yep. Abaddon, what are you doing? Abaddon? What the fuck? What are we paying you for? We don't, we don't pay Abaddon. That's what Tony Khan's for. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, what was I saying? I don't know. I don't know either. We're just, oh, well, we were talking about I'm glad you gave me the John Cusack thing because now I'm going to have something else to dream about tonight instead of a montage of camel toe. 
Well, well, it was camel toe and camel and actual camel's toes. That was so fucking funny, though. (laughs) I mean, it's just baffling. It's seared into my mind that that a plot point in this movie is John. John Cusack starts again. No, Nicolas Cage's teenage daughter, young teenage daughter, is just like constantly referred to as Camel Toe because, like, she I guess because a very prominent Camel like Toe preteen daughter. She's got to be like eleven, and like it's just it's just a reoccurring bit because that's what she's called at school. And then there's a point where fucking Michael Caine has to. Exp- explains <laughs> what a camel toe is and then a minute later just just like a rapid fire mi- montage of like these women in like booty shorts with like their fucking vagine just popping through and just like he explained bold facely what it was and also by the way if you need a visual instruction yeah <laughs> like and I mean when when Pat says Michael Caine explains what a camel toe is like the motherfucker just like straight up quotes fucking Urban Dictionary for like two minutes so like knows what just, a- just, just be like well a camel toe is when you blah blah and, and we're just like I guess for all the boomers in the back, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm still just like, what if that's what Michael Caine was in this movie? <laughs> I mean, I'm just a, he's like full on describes what a fucking camel toe is. He's never heard of a big gulp in his life. Can't even read what a big gulp cup is. And he writes fucking literature. For he was a, a national treasure though. Yeah. yeah, yeah he is. Hey, that's international treasure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he's like that Bob Seger song. Like, like a rock. What was it used to play before Ford commercial? <laughs> yeah, that's right? what I was about to say. I found the exact quote of the camel toe bit. All right. Okay. <laughs> it means the crease in her vagina that they can discern through her clothing. <laughs> that happens. That is what he says. Yeah, yeah. And, and wasn't it like on a street? Like they're out in front of his like house or something? Yeah, they're talking about this in <laughs> fucking public on the street. And, and, and like also too, it, it, like it, the whole thing feels like this is what my real life Michael Caine like just <laughs> discovered that on set. And he's just like, Nicholas Cage, do you know what a camel toe is? You know, he just goes up to Verbinski and says, do you know what this picture needs? <laughs> I need to explain what a camel toe is to the audience. Oh, my God. I, I and and, and it's weird because the whole thing is about, this whole bit centers around, like, an 11-year-old girl, and it's really uncomfortable. Like, and However, it does end really, really sweetly, though. Yeah, like what Winnie's buying her clothes. Yeah, I will say that. Because there's the whole, like, he asks, like, hey, you, you kids ever bully? Do they call you names? Like what? Like dummy or camel toe? Go straight to camel toe. <laughs> yeah, to- yeah. It, it's like you got, you got to stagger that shit. You can't just be yeah. like. Option two. <laughs> Option two. He didn't uh, even air that out. But, but she's like, yeah, they do. Because I'm tough. Because camels walk on the sand and they're tough. So I'm tough. And he's like, you know what? Fuck yeah. yeah! Yeah, she she owns it. I Not mean, fucking. And then he buys her lots of pretty dresses. Yeah, yeah. Lo- lots more, much flattering clothes, and she seemed to enjoy it. Which yeah. you know, I'm glad they had a, a, a little daughter daddy moment. Which yeah. is like it was really nice. And mm-hmm. in a movie that's just filled with a lot of strange choices, that was a <laughs> nice choice. If 
if only it wasn't predicated with this fucking 90 minute camel toe. <laughs> yeah, like that that's the whole thing. Like I, I don't know. Like it's like it's not like a big deal. It, to me it's just kind of weird. But like I don't know. It, I I do like sort of how the movie does wrap up towards the end where it's like it's a bittersweet, not like a saccharine happy ending, but you know, they're everything is kind of in the process of working itself out. Yeah, like it, it doesn't end with everything good. It ends with everything good enough. Like, and that's or, or, or better. It, or better, yeah. yeah. And that, that feels a lot more like real life. To Most of this felt like real life. And that's... Because mm-hmm. like shit like that, like people talk about that shit. Like, yeah, they're calling my kid Camel to... Like that's... You know that's happened at least once in the past fucking week to somebody in this country. And, I, and I'm sure there's plenty of 11-year-olds who are taking their dad's money and buying a pack of smokes. That's what I was about to say. So many. You look at where she started out at the beginning of the movie, where it was just like, no, nah, Dad, just just drop me off here. I'll walk home. Hey, can I have some money? And he's like, yeah. And she goes in, and she doesn't buy just, like, any cigarettes. She's like, the hundred. <laughs> like, she <laughs> went for the strong please. shit. <laughs> and then, like... Turns out she's actually... 27. Yeah, no, I referred to her as like this, this, this like 12, like 11, 12 year old girl is literally just like a 40 something like living in this kid's body. She's seen some serious, because there was the scene where she's like sitting with her friend smoking cigarettes. She's like, so and so is a bitch. And then like hands a cigarette to the other girl. She's like, yeah, she is. Man, the only thing that would have made that bit about of her buying those cigarettes better if it was uh, the guy that played Randall from Clerks selling them to her. Oh, that'd, that'd be great. great. That, <laughs> it's like, what? How are you in Chicago right now? Also, like, <clears throat> the bit where, who, I don't know who greenlit this in universe, but. They have, there's like another like daddy daughter thing where they have a three legged sack race, but on ice skates. Yeah, yep. that no, was that, dangerous. That, that, so no, to describe this, dear listener, imagine if you will, a uh, you're standing next to your partner in this three legged race. You're in ice skates, both of you, and then <clears throat> your right leg and their left leg are both shoved into a potato sack, and you have to skate your way across this some bitch. Needless to say, the little girl tears her MCL and ACL, but she's fine in like four weeks, which sent me into it. Like a Wolverine-level <laughs> healing fan. Like John yeah. Cena on all the HGH could not come back from a double tear like that as quickly as this little girl did. Like she's got a full fucking knee brace on, and then two weeks later she's just doing archery and walking around just fine. Well, I don't know. They don't really specify like how long it's been. I mean, yeah. time's kind of uh, weird. I mean, that is true, yeah. but like, because we're giving no rule, like, chronic cues, so it just feels like, oh, two days have passed, and she's just like whipping, <laughs> ready to go. Yeah, she's already just up walking around. It's fine. Because, yeah, I mean, it, it's established through just cues that it's the same winter this whole time. Because, like, it starts with, I had a tremor, I'm going to, for Michael Caine's character, I had a tremor, I'm going to the doctor. He said, I have cancer, I have another specialist appointment soon. And all that, her tear, like her knee tears in the middle of all that. But then she's fine for New York for the specialist. Oh, I'm dying in three months. So it's, it feels like the same winter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is what I'm really thought <laughs> through. Well, it's kind of like you think about like, like a life kind of the, the, the life analogy thing where it's just like sometimes when you get like one bad thing after the other, time just seems to like blur all together where you kind of have this like. What? Yeah, but, but then they make the express point of saying at the end, spring oh, yeah. comes and everything's better. Yeah. So it's just, 
Again, it's a nitpick, but as a wrestling fan who's seen many athletes go down with MCL and ACL tears, that's a a nine to ten month recovery period minimum. Okay. Well, it also helps that winter starts in Chicago about April and it lasts until, (laughs) you know, the rest of the year. Not anymore. It's global warming. Uh, There is no winter in Chicago. No, the only place that still gets winter is Chicago. (laughs) Yeah. Just Chicago. Does it live in like a snow globe or something? It's the same elsewhere, so globe, but it's just Chicago. (laughs) So this movie's part of the same elseworeverse, too? Yeah. Technically, everything could be part of the same. Or is that where? Or is that was that Stephen King show, The Dome? Or was that under the, dome, under, under the, the dome? dome? Was that Stephen King? Yes. Yeah. Or am I making yeah. that up? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, no. You're thinking of Biodome with Polish. <laughs> Which, from what I'm hearing, oh, y'all ready for a fucking uh, hot scoop? Yeah, hot scoop, hot fucking scoop here. I don't know how this popped up in my fucking Facebook feed, but there. Might be a chance that we're seeing a sequel to Biodome. Like a legacy sequel what? to Biodome. <laughs> no, yeah. like Pauly Shore and Steve. Steven's not going to do it. That's too unchristian for him. But they'll be in space, so it'll be closer to God. <laughs> because apparently <laughs> it's going to be on Mars. <laughs> Lord. Or like space in general. That so, I know. hate all of the words you just said. Man. Every single one of them. But... Uh, it's actually just a, like a low key sequel to what was that? That was it? It's not Rocket Man, or is it Rocket Man? What the one where Harlan Williams goes to Mars? Yes. Yeah, that's Rocket Man. But because it's separated it's two Disney words, movie. Rocket Man is also the no no. This Rocket Man is one word. Yeah. Rocket Man. It's also the Elton John biopic. Right. Oh, I thought yes. we were talking about like Ghost Ghost of Mars. <laughs> We don't talk about How does that keep Ghost getting brought up? Well, actually, we do, actually, we talk about Ghost of Mars quite a lot. Oh, really? You know what? I've still never seen that piece of shit. It's it's not his worst movie. That's either Vampires or The Ward. Oh, God. I haven't thought of Vampires in forever. You're welcome. It uh, keeps getting brought up on this show. You know, you now know, I feel we'll have to put it to the wheel. John Carpenter's bad movies get brought up more than my bad childhood Can around now. just like spin a wheel of uh, bad John Carpenter horror movies? Oh man, that, that <laughs> I, I they're, they're not that many just outright terrible. Yeah, huh. I mean, every really director those three. Yeah, I mean, every director has some clunkers. Uh, yeah. yeah, like Ward, uh, Ghost to Mars. Uh, what, what do people like him in uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man? I enjoyed it. I, I just fucked all that. Wait, up. Memoirs of the Chevy Chase one? Yeah, yeah, I actually liked that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that man, was pretty well received. Okay. That was John Carpenter. <laughs> I think so. Wow, I had no what? idea. I haven't seen that movie in years, though, but I, I remember liking it. <laughs> There's or, a DVD uh, triple pack for you. <laughs> the Ward, Ghosts of Mars, Vampires. <laughs> wow. Uh, that would be in, like, the giant, like, Walmart-like DVD it crate. It really? Yeah, it was yeah, a giant movie. I just always go back to The Fog. That's where I start at when I'm like, good John Carpenter film, The Fog. Because you don't know if everybody survives the end of that movie. <laughs> So, uh, speak, um, the weatherman, uh, I, um, when I brought up baby beast, Nicholas Holt, very young Nicholas Holt is in this movie. Uh, yeah. Very young baby beast. Is oh. this his first movie or I'm gonna look it up. It's probably his first like big movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he, if he was doing stuff before this or not, but, um, hell, I don't, I don't remember seeing him and shit. I was at least paying attention until like, I guess the <laughs> X-Men, X-Men movie. Yeah. Well, that, that was when I first. 
He was in no. Warm Bodies, but yeah, I don't remember if that, that was too. before. If I, I don't know if that was before or after X Men. Mad Max Fury Road. I think it was. I guess of a time. He was a young child in a movie called Intimate Relations, which. Also happened in The Weatherman. I was about um, to say. <laughs> then About a Boy in 2002. Wawa in 2005. And then The Weatherman. Okay. So this Damn, is he's breakout. been in the game for a minute then. Holy yeah. That was a, that's a plot line. Well, though. I mean, this was just six years before mm. First Class. Yeah. So, and Warm Bodies was two years after First Class. Okay. Same year as Jack the Giant Slayer. That was a movie that happened. Oh, God. You're I feel like there, there were two Jack and the Beanstalk movies and a pretty close time together, that right? That keeps happening. Yeah, like Volcano and Dante's Peak, the fucking James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Lincoln uh, and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Clearly uh, the better of the two. Sorry, Daniel Day. <laughs> I've read that book and saw and then, and then saw the movie. <laughs> what a uh, horrible double feature. Fucking Aquaman and Sharknado 7. Speaking of Aquaman and changing things, there's a lot of rumors going around about uh, when and if and how they're going to introduce Namor to the MCU. Now, you know the heavy rumors are that Tanakhna... Thank you. ...is going to be playing Namor in Black Panther 2. Well, there's a leak of an alleged uh, idea of like what they're doing with Namor. It's not going to be Atlantis. It's going to be a sunken Aztec city. Hmm. And well, so he's, he's still going to be like Namori, but more Aztec related. That way they don't have to have two kings of Atlantis. And then everyone's gonna be like, well, Marvel just copied DC, even though Namor was like, like a decade before Aquaman. I mean, yeah. these are the same. I mean, these are the same imaginary people who would be like, oh, they made a girl hole. When I'm she, waiting for that to happen. You know, and I'm going to already see it. I'm just like, what, yeah. what is wrong like, with you? people? Like that shit's going to happen in my store. And somebody's going to have to bail me out because I'm going to stab a motherfucker. So dumb. Because I love She-Hulk. It's one of my favorite characters. It's one of the first books that I read all the way through, the John Byrne run of Sensational from the 80s. I've got the omnibus. Love that fucking book. First idiot comes like, can't believe they made a girl Hulk. Oh, they're getting stabbed. Well, or, you can just, <laughs> or you can just quietly bottle up your feelings and just go uh, shoot a bow and arrow in a, in a snowy field somewhere. Or just no. pointed at him while they smoke a cigarette. I have wanted to get into archery, but I have experienced stabbing, so I think I'm going to go with stabbing. Uh, we're not going to do that. We're going to give you some suction cut bows and arrows, and uh, we'll, we'll just have you play with that. And then you're like going to walk up to the store and see somebody walk out with like tons of suction cut arrows in their <laughs> face, and you're going to be like, ah, you said something about shield, didn't you? <laughs> I'm gonna just going like, with the stabbing. No. Can we just give you one of those knives that, like, when, you know, the, like, the prop knives that, like, go in, that way you can feel the sensation of stabbing but not actually stab someone? Yeah, so, so, like, Shimmy can get all out his homicidal urges, but they're just, like, Fisher-Price toys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it's just, like, it's just a little, like, squeaky hammer and, like, a little squeaky <laughs> water pistol. Or your wiffle ball bat. I was, saying, I was about to go to the <laughs> wiffle ball because that makes such a great sound. It does make a good sound. Hey, Shimmy's going to make national in his little league team. <laughs> uh, so Nicolas Cage also kicks the shit out of somebody in The Weatherman. I was going to say, we, we kind of well dropped that plot line real Should've quick. Yeah, it's like we, we haven't really talked about that plot line. But I so guess here we go. To sum up, Nicholas Holt, playing Nicolas Cage's son, uh, was arrested for marijuana and given a drug counselor who... Uncomfortably buys him a sweater, makes him dinner, takes pictures of him shirtless, 
and then apparently tries to suck his dick. At which point, oh. Nicholas Holt fights back, and then the dude is like, "He tried to steal my wallet." And so to get that fixed, what Nicholas Cage does is beats the fuck out of this guy threw the camera in his face first. Right. Hell yeah, he lobbed that fucking That was a camera. good hit. And then he, and then he like <laughs> shoves the sweater in his face too. And then keeps beating the Which like, one of the things we alluded to earlier, like, you know, the choices that were made, incongruent plot lines with just like the tonality of it. And it's just like, of all the things they could have put in this movie, like they could have excised that portion of the film and nothing would have been affected. It's just like, it feels, it's such a dark plot line of this movie that does not gel with the rest of this weird like awkward farce and it just like ah you don't know why is it happening yeah well I mean there is a like I've I've, I've seen documentaries about I like documentaries like just last night I watched one about Jimmy Seville from England that was a that was a laugh riot let me tell you uh. <laughs> um so like even now this sort of thing where you know kids are abused by people that they trust is only half the time taken seriously it feels like even a short you know 15 years ago it was just the sort of thing that no that doesn't really happen it's just a joke we make ha 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 so i can see how it would have been treated a lot more flippantly than it would these days in in that time frame because i mean even you know, in, in England, they didn't have a, a, a child abuse uh, department in Scotland Yard until the late 90s. And even then, it was like 15 guys for all of England. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I understand that that's why it feels so detached and a little, like, flippant. Because, like, that's sort of the era of the movie, which, like, yeah. that's, you know, that's to be expected. But it feels feels so jarring. Yeah, no, it, it's very, that's very jarring. That's when I thought one of us was going to just squeeze into a tiny ball and blink out of existence from yeah. the cringe. Yeah, it... But at the same time, that did lead to Michael Caine saying that he was proud of Nicolas Cage for standing up for his kids. Yeah, yeah you, you know what, son? I'm really proud of you. You wanted me to hear that, hear me say that your whole life, and you beat up that predator. Yeah, you beat up a pedophile. Good job. He's like, what, what is it with this chucking and sucking? What is happening? It's what? Like, Dad, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Do you not know how words work, Dad? You wrote a fucking book. And, and, Jesus. And, 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 and the, thing, the thing is, is like. I think the, the the scene with Nicholas Holt and the the predator, the pedophile guy, I think it go one it, it's it goes on for way too long. It's just like like to the point where I'm just like I need a shower. This is gross. And, and then it cuts to Nicholas Cage in New York with his dad and his daughter, and Nicholas Cage is like. What the fuck is with this sucking and chucking? And, and to a, a situation that is just so like fucking dark and fucked up, but like like you said, like I I can see where you're coming from, where you're talking about how it was not as taken seriously, and, and I think that's why like part of the reason I s said earlier, like this, like after like 2010, I don't think you can make this movie again, at least in the its current form. Yeah. Also, I just want you to know that when you said. Nicholas Holt and the Predator are in the apartment. <clears throat> My mind immediately flashed to <laughs> the Predator with the mask and the Schwarzenegger and the 
noises and come on zoom me do it come me now which I think would have made a much more interesting movie honestly yeah like, don't have movie, any more exciting just, same movie, movie. just, just <laughs> have beast versus predator no, 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 the whole movie's the same you just take out weird goateed pedophile and put in a predator Still serving salad, still taking pictures. No, no, I, seven I, foot tall alien. That makes that scene buying the sweater even funnier because you don't know what it's saying. Because it's just like he's holding the sweater, and just like <laughs> you're like <laughs> clicking noises, huh? Oh yeah, no, I think it looks good. And then it like just holds up cash, and you're like and like there's like a bloody hand to a wallet. And it's like you get, you get like the the subtitles at the bottom. It's like the translation of the predator being like, "No, I got this." Bad discount, bro. Yeah, that was such a weird line. Such a weird, unpleasant line. You were that, every every line that guy delivered was I. I mean, it, in the context of you think about it, it's meant to make you feel oh, yeah, uncomfortable. He, he was very good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like it. And, and that's where like that's bit. why I said like, it's good at, at evoking a feeling. It's intended feeling. I'll say that. Like from the get, like from the very first scene where they're in a mall or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he buys him the sweater. And, I'm, and, and, and we all like, no, no. Like, like we all turn no, to each other. And, no. Yeah. And, and, and it's kind of like, like Pat was saying, kind of out of place because the rest of the movie doesn't go the options you think it would go. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like, like you, you would think of something that's such a big like scary thing for your child to be like like this person that's supposed to be helping them and they're preying on them it's like to see your D plot I mean yeah oh sorry oh no you uh, go ahead I was just gonna say like uh, for a while there I at least thought the movie was gonna go in the direction where he just killed that motherfucker yeah like, like he just shoots him in the head with an arrow yeah but you know he just like gave him he, he gave him a couple of good smacks around and but he just fucks <clears throat> off after that and you know everything's hunky and dory I suppose I mean I mean that if it gets the point across you know they got the they got his son out of trouble I guess like I'm I'm trying it's a to, terrible situation but I'm, like I looked this dude up and I'm trying to find other stuff that he's in that we would know. I've seen him in, like, TV stuff. He's been in so much fucking TV. Yeah, a lot of TV bits. Yeah. So much TV. And I don't know why, and I, I hate this plot point because it reminded me of, oh, God, I can't believe I saw this movie. Uh, has anyone ever heard of this fucking film called The Woodsman? Yes. Yeah. With Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Mm-mm. It is a movie about a guy who is a uh, registered sex offender because he, what was it? He molested a twelve-year-old girl. I and, think that's correct. Yeah, and and the movie is just about him having a life. It, it's like, did we really need this? And I'm just like, who greenlit that? <laughs> and this movie made me think of that movie, and I was just like, oh my god, I was young as fuck when I saw that, and I'm just like, wow, like that was gross, and that was a movie that was made. Yeah, I'm just like, there's just some stories that I just don't think need to be told, and that's one of them. I'm just yeah. like. No, it's kind of strange too. If you think about like the son, like his character with like everything that's going on, it's like this like serious. He feels like the most disconnected member of the family, though. Like, like he feels so vestigial compared to like like we don't see the we don't see the mom interact with him like at all, like except in like wide shots. Yeah, because like Pat said earlier, like I honestly feel like you could have just cut this whole fucking like 
storyline storyline out and it would have been fine and like and and like and you know all this bad shit's like happening to Nick Cage's character the whole time but again like having it like blend into like this scenario happening with his son mm. it was just that was definitely the part I was like nah well around this time there was it. a lot of stuff with that subject matter movies coming out there yeah. was uh, Little Children with Jack Earl Haley a uh, Doubt was probably not that far that, that was much a little later. after uh, Hard Candy oh was Awesome. Similar, but that was yeah. much different film. Yeah, like just 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 glut of movies. Just like you know what we need to talk about this weird predation. Thing. Or, like, or, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, what was that one movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman and and Meryl Streep? That was Dow. That was Dow. No, 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 no. It was a different one. It was a, a different movie art. where Philip Seymour Patch Adams. Uh, happiness. I think it's got Twister with Joaquin Phoenix. In it. <laughs> Twister. Uh, With Helen Hunt. I thought anyway. that was the master. It also has. Yeah, no, the master, that's the Scientology what, movie. While you look it up, we're going to take a quick break because we're coming up to the end of our regular recording time. So we will be right back with more fun, I uh, guess. Yes. A, maybe something lighter in terms of quality. We'll, we'll be oh, right back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like mugs, t-shirts, phone cases, stickers, wall art, pillows, all sorts of fun things with fun logos? Well, if you do, head on down to tpublic.com slash user slash caging greatness for all sorts of great merchandise and support your local creators. That's us. Hooray. <laughs> yippee Everybody was nice. The party was bumping. I need a yippee <laughs> We're white. <laughs> God damn it. Are we recording? Yes! Yes! <laughs> hey, hey, if you like the tonal shifts in the weather... <laughs> This show is a perfect companion. Yeah, y'all remember when we were talking about fucking child sexual abuse in the first half of the show? Fucking Bahamian. You know what's terrible? Pedophilia. (laughs) There was a guy I worked with that gave me a CD one time that just said white people love this, and that was on there, and Apache was on there. I mean, that's not wrong. (laughs) Oh, man. So... (sighs) Nick, <laughs> we, we, we Nick just go. We just go from like one of the worst, like horrible things that can ever happen to a person to who a song, that, a song that only gets played at elementary school saw cops. So we, we went from a terrible, horrible blight on humanity to another terrible, horrible blight on humanity. There was a dog in the movie. There was the guy walking the dog when the whole family was having the fu contest. And he, he was just yeah. gawking at them. Frick and then you. the daughter, daughter walked the dog. Frick you. <laughs> Frick you and your nipper. <laughs> Do you know what the whole, like the, the new dad of the house, like the Russ subplot reminded me of? Mm. Fucking click with Adam Sandler. Oh. When Sean Astin is the the stepdad. Ah, uh, wow! I have yeah, a random I piece of trivia. Forgot he was in click. that movie. Holy yeah. shit! What's your oh, click yeah. trivia? It wasn't originally called Click. The I remember being in theaters and the movie and the trailer for that movie came out and it was actually originally called Universal Remote. Huh. I heard I always heard that was like the working time. I never saw like it in like I believe you, but like yeah. I mean the, that 
Either word work. It, it, just, it, just, <laughs> it just seemed a simpler, more asinine title. I mean, rather that than what fucking Edge of Tomorrow had, where it's like, hey, we're going to change the name while it's in theaters and then also before it goes to DVD. Live Diary. But still, both yeah. like titles are on oh. the fucking, like, box it's yeah weird. just fucking pick one <sighs> or like make like make it a subtitle from the beginning edge or, of tomorrow live die repeat but like they feel like that would be both. just like the catchphrase for the movie missed a golden opportunity to rake in all the fucking dough make it a trilogy <laughs> call the first one live call the second one die call the last one repeat I mean, I, I think they've been trying to make a sequel to that for a while. That movie's actually not bad. I'd watch the shit. I that love movie's that good. Movie. It's a, it's it's a pretty solid good. movie. And the and the manga it's based off of is real good too. Well, actually, the, <laughs> manga, the manga then the, it was based off a visual novel. But you know, down the line, yeah, I'll have to add that to my watch list. I haven't seen it yet. Really? Yeah, I, I've never good. seen it okay. either. Oh man, it's pretty good. Uh, Emily Blunt, if I remember correctly, she turned down Black Widow. She was up for Black Widow, and she chose to do that one instead. Okay. I just knew I was like it's a time loop movie. time yeah. loop movie action groundhog day yes yeah so yeah the Baja men yes. <laughs> alright I got a bone to pick like right out the gate this motherfucker at the beginning of the movie right alright Nicholas oh, Cage he's gets, he gets recognized in Chicago obviously he's the fucking weatherman right he's he's in line and he's just like, hey, man, you're the guy. And he goes, no, I'm not the guy. This snooty motherfucker starts looking at his paperwork. And then just like, you didn't have to be an asshole. It's like, what? Repeat you several times. Like, you're on TV. Yeah. You're, it's, it's like, what does that mean? Like, I don't know you. Like, what the fuck? It just basically, like, this dude felt entitled to like, well, this guy's on TV. That means I can, you know, cost him at the fucking DMV for, like, an autograph. Like, this is the same sort of asshole that would show up to the airport at 4 a.m., to get wrestlers to sign their action figures. Yeah. Because yeah. the whole time I was thinking, like, how apropos that it is to wrestling. So, like, but I can also hear, like, fucking Bully Ray on Twitter. just like, <laughs> hey, man, you got to you gotta appreciate them 4 a.m. autographs because, you know, one of these days they may not be there. Like, fuck you, dude. You're trying to get that heat, brother. Just, just because, like, you are on television or in entertainment, you're... Life is not on call twenty four seven for people and looky loos. Like you have a right to privacy, and just because you're entertainment, that doesn't mean that you're excluded. Like fuck you, you, you know, time and a place. Yeah, yeah. And, and like because it was interesting. Like book, there this and another scene kind of bookend the movie where you have this interaction at the beginning, and then at the end of the movie, he has a scene. There's a scene where he's like. Someone comes up to him when he's shooting, when they're shooting the art. My brain is mush. I apologize. <laughs> he was in Central Park, like, shooting, yeah. Yeah, shoot, shooting the bow. And he's like, hey, man, can I get your autograph? And, it, and I think the movie is, like, trying to condemn Nicolas Cage for his reaction in the first scene. And I'm like, no, he's 100% justified. That yeah. dude was a douche canoe. Well, I don't think it was necessarily trying to condemn because it happened in the middle twice. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, what's the blah, 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 blah. He's like, man, just fucking time. Well, you don't have to be an asshole. Yeah, they literally blah, 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 blah. There weren't any actual words yeah. exchanged. And then at, at the end, it's like, hey, you get an autograph. And he's like, yeah, sure, i give you an autograph. And then he's like, hey, what? Is it going to rain today? <laughs> and Cage says, who knows? And then just walks off. So it it didn't condemn his earlier outburst, but it showed him more at peace with morons. Yeah, he was or, also like, or just more at peace with himself, and I guess his place and at the, the grand cosmos. At the end, he's like, 
he's on like a national television at this point instead of like just in Chicago too. Like, yeah. So more of the world, the Brian Gumble show. Yeah. Hello America. That's what I, I think that was the first thing I said in the movie. When I, saw, I was like, Oh shit, it's actually Brian Gumble. He's <laughs> like making like what? Like four times what he was making in yeah. Chicago. Over like, a million. Jesus. Had a Purina deal. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so give me some money, brother. Like, yeah. I'd like a 40 grand a year Purina deal. I'll shield dog food. You hear that, Purina? We in Cajun greatness will be thrilled. I love that bit. They're like, you don't have a dog. They're like, hey, we have two dogs here. Yeah. Time, I was like, I just, like, Michael Caine, why are you trying to fuck up your kid's career like that? But, they have a Purina for dog food. Because Michael you don't Caine have a dog. does not exist on this fucking plane reality. It's like... <laughs> I, the whole time is just like you're like a gray, just like unzip, just like the eyes blink sideways. <laughs> or, or I mean, honestly, motherfuckers acting like Data from Star Trek, except Data has a little more personality. Like I feel like Data wouldn't have said half the shit that Michael Caine. Yeah, did. He would have had restraint. Or, or it's like an early version of Data who's still kind of like. Learning everything. Also, was that before or after he thought that one lady was a cake and he stabbed her? <laughs> also, what I forget. What did uh, Michael Caine's character? What did he have again in this movie? Uh, Lymphoma. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it wasn't a degenerative yeah. neurological disease. <laughs> yeah, it no. was fucking lymphoma. Uh, according to everything in the film, his brain is supposedly fine. Hip top mint condition. <laughs> What's his big gulp? Maybe, maybe he wasn't just a just a spacey old fuck. Maybe he was just a chronic asshole. Because there were times where it kind of made me wonder if the movie's like trying to make me think he's an asshole. But he just, he does come off kind of dumb though. And at no point does Nicolas Cage like get mad at his father for the way he acts. He's like, no, have a great dad. Love my dad. It's like, cause like every time, like he's like, no, my I love my dad. My dad's great. My dad's my hero. And the whole time, like your dad's a prick. Yeah, his dad's just like it, it. Almost seems intentionally just undermining him the entire time and asking all these like probing questions. I kind of got triggered because that's how my dad talks. So I'm just like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> but I mean, again, that just that's. You know, bleeds into the based on real life feeling that this movie is because so mm -hmm. many people have terrible, terrible parents that they still love and want the love and respect of. So, <clears throat> yeah, Michael Caine kind of sucked. Well, there was like as a character. Well, he asked him yeah. twice to go get him something, and he all he had was a dollar in his wallet because he kept giving money to his daughter to go buy cigarettes. <laughs> uh, that did keep happening. Yeah, because he was like, go get me a paper, and he goes she, into... She has a two-pack a day. Golden, <laughs> golden missed opportunity for her to be uh, a camel uh, smoker. Nah. nah. She was too highbrow. No. <laughs> she just comes back with a cigar. Yeah. Like, honey, she, how much did that cost you? $45. <laughs> She's got, like, one of those, like, fucking... Uh, Corella Deville, yeah, Corella Deville. <laughs> I always call it the Corella Deville stick. <laughs> Every time it's different. One time she's got the Corella Deville cigarette holder. Another time she comes back with the Groucho Marx cigar. Another time she comes back with a fucking Sherlock Holmes pipe. It's, it's, a, it's like a Cheech and Chong mega blunt. <laughs> <laughs> Did we ever see him interact with his mom or like bring up his mom? Because like I think we saw her at the funeral. No, they were in a sort of there one time. Yeah, they funeral. never actually spoke to each other. Also, what the fuck is a living funeral that's a real thing that happened what is that shit it's about terrible. that's the first time what 
That's the first time I've ever heard of that concept. So and dear, I was kind of weirded out too. Dear listeners, if you're uh, if you're confused what a living funeral is, that's where you gather all your friends and family in the event of your or a loved one's death for uh, essentially the talking part of a funeral so that the person who is going to die very soon can hear all the nice things that people will say about them. It's strange, it's off-putting, it's self-centered, and stop doing it. <laughs> Just roast me. Like, <laughs> if y'all find out I'm going to die soon, just like, I'll be like, all right, we're all getting together, we're getting drunk, and y'all are going to roast me. I mean, that was <laughs> like, if, if you want to tell the people you love how much they mean to you, just fucking do it. Don't wait for them to be nearly dead. Yeah. And if they are dying and you want to tell them, maybe do it in private, where they can realize that it actually means something, as opposed to performing for a room full of their family and friends. I mean, because there was a Or moment- just make it not as, like, weirdly somber. Like, you know, hey... Uh, I'm about off this ride, bitch. So let's have a party. Like, come on, jizz it up. Yeah, like, the whole thing is shot, like, like it's very dimly lit, and it's just kind of, you know, you got the fucking, like, Hans Zimmer just solo piano <laughs> score in the background, like, probably in C minor. <laughs> and it's just, like, really sad. But then, and then it's, and then uh, Nicholas Cage is like, yeah, my dad's like that Bob Seger song, Like a Rock. Power goes out. <laughs> it was, uh, it was awkward. Much like yeah. the entirety of the movie. It, it was, it was on track for the rest of it. It was, that part was like, uh, congruent with the rest of its pieces. Well, but. when Nick Cage, when he said like his inner monologue said like, um, Living funeral. I, I thought that like, that was some sort of fucking joke or something, but no, it was a thing. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, that that no, I don't I don't like that. It's really unpleasant and off putting. It's like hey, it's like it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like the most fucked up roast you've ever been to in your life, <laughs> especially if they get cremated. Jesus Christ. And you know what? This guy, I love this guy that we came here to honor tonight. You, you know what? He's never lost a fight in his life, except this one to cancer. Am I right? Everyone starts doing the cha-cha slide. <laughs> Three hops. Just, oh, no, not you back there. Your ankle's broken. <laughs> What are you two doing in a sack? Why are you wearing ice skates? <laughs> I tore my ACL yes. doing the cha-cha slide. God, it honestly is like the thing that like fucking rich white people come up with to try to sell to everyone else. <laughs> Just like, it's like, hey, here's this thing you should spend an obscene amount of money on. I take it back. I, I take it back. I, I will I will agree to a living funeral under one condition. Okay. I get to sit in a fucking glass coffin and stare at everybody the whole time. <laughs> like it's propped up? Yes. <laughs> and I'm just like a vampire. It's just like, You're know. fucking ass like Nosferatu just being like. <laughs> well, the whole time I was kept thinking about this happened in Futurama where Bender felt bad about everything. He's like, no, no, I want to have a funeral now so everyone can tell me how great I am. And he's laying in the coffin heckling the people talking about like, is that the best you got? And like, that's what, it's a fucking Futurama joke that white people have made a real thing. I hate it. That's just like most Futurama things. That's accurate. There's more Futurama coming soon though. Yes. And they got DiMaggio back. I'm so excited. Me too.
I've watched that show way Man. too much. I'm not. Sh- I'm not shit talking. But how many times has that show got canceled now? Like seven. Jesus well, fucking <laughs> Christ! But then, like it's like purposely ended as many times. But just like, hey, you know, it's okay for things to end. But just like, no, be damned. Props on them for for making the jokes though about every time they get canceled and brought back though. Oh yeah, uh, they they never. They never be like, oh, no, this was always meant to happen. Like, no, no, we got canceled, but they threw more money at us. <laughs> I mean, damn. But it was good every time it came back. So mm-hmm. it's not like Scrub season nine or anything. I never I only watched a handful of episodes, but it's good. I just never really just watched it a lot. I love Scrubs, the first eight seasons. Oh, I meant Futurama. Oh, uh, Futurama. I mean, I've seen a few. I mean, both, both, yeah. both. Yeah. <laughs> Futurama is still one of those shows that I can just cut on and occasionally just look over and be like, oh, no, it's that episode. Got to sit down for a minute, get the box of tissues. It's yeah. a dog, isn't it? Uh, that one and the one where Fry says bye to his mom. That one, that one, that one wrecked my ass. Yeah, that, that one's rough. That one hurt. And the one where uh, his brother, the one about his brother, there's good too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love that show. That show's fantastic. They're both fantastic shows at being hilarious and then they rip your heart out and then they're funny again. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, the weatherman, in, in summation, it's weird. It's off putting. It's awkward. It's cringy. It's well acted. Well it's shot. It's realistic, <laughs> but also absurd. And to me, at least, I thought it was pretty damn good. You know what? Same. What is it that uh, Michael Caine said? It was an American uh, achievement? Yeah, an American achievement. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to stand by the fact that I think this, this movie is very much like a This is the American Dream in 2005. It's messy, and it makes you sad and feel weird sometimes, but man, you wake up the next day and... Cold... Hold on, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just figured out some buffoonery in Michael Caine's uh, movie logic. What's that? There ain't no way he was in the last page of that script. Oh, that interview was like 30 years before this. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, how dare he not think about what he would say 30 years in the future? (laughs) I'm just saying. If you've never read his biography, you should give it a read. It's quite fun. He's he's on the first and last page of that, for sure. (laughs) And the front cover, and the back cover. But not in the middle of it. And every page for the Also, everyone, um, uh, and please show uh, Jeremy, but I sent a picture of uh, the photo that they used for Michael Caine in this movie on Letterboxd on uh, the uh, Facebook uh, message. It's a very handsome picture. I was just like, what the fuck? Who are you? 1965, Michael. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just like crawled out of the Lazarus pit in that one. (laughs) I was just like, man, Bruce Wayne wasn't even around. (laughs) But yeah. I like the movie. We all yeah. generally like... Jojo, did you think you were raising your score a little bit? I think so. Probably raising it to a three. Well, there you go. Nice. Hey, I don't think anyone regretted their time tonight. I was going to say, yeah. I guess I was just in the right kind of mood for this one. It just <laughs> hit right, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean... I, Not was, every bit of it. No. But no, you know, no. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a pretty, like, as a whole, solid movie. Like Weirdly inspirational. Yeah. Like I like again, like I was like, wow. Like I'd heard about it. Yeah. I didn't know exactly what happened. like legit what I remember from seeing the trailers back in the day is just him getting hit with shit and him carrying a bow around. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, well, okay. Yeah, Interesting okay. to see how we got there, I suppose. I remember seeing the poster and just being like, Why is Nicolas Cage have a bow and arrow and this is called the Weatherman? <laughs> bow and arrow on a shoulder covered in a milkshake. Yeah. Which when turns I was, out was a frosty. When I was a kid I'd get this and the uh 
the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man confused. Wildly different films. So like like when <laughs> Wicker Man came on TV, I'm like, why does he not have the fucking bow and arrow? <laughs> he probably would have had an easier time in a movie had a bow and arrow. Yeah, I feel like that would have helped tremendously. Can you imagine him like shooting someone with the bow? Oh, there's only so many arrows. Wasn't Matchstick Men around this time too? Yeah, there's a lot of like 2003 to 2008 Cage movies. Yeah, there's just kind of like people in strange situations and yeah. all. People in strange situations make for some damn good movies, though. Yes, they do. But I think that about wraps us up for the evening. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Jeremy, for joining us. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, my milk's yeah. probably spoiled by now. So. Is that? I said my milk that I bought's probably spoiled by now. Probably so. Yeah, well, I mean, you should have dropped it off before we kidnapped you to be on the show. Well, look, I was like, next time I see a sign in the front yard that says free food, Nicholas Cage, I'll know that Nicholas Cage isn't here and the food isn't free. Look, I get organic milk, it lasts longer. Look, Fair. I know we kidnapped you, but we do have a refrigerator. Yeah, it was, yeah. Fun. It was fun. Look, <laughs> I can, I can be kidnapped again. Time, I think your so. milk has turned into tartar sauce. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not the fucking tartar sauce! Wait, so I did bring the tartar sauce. Yes! Yeah, but you forgot the milk. <laughs> hey, they're both white. It'd be fine. <laughs> Same thing, uh, you know. So <laughs> I always like a little bit of tartar sauce in my Cheerios in the morning. What are you talking <laughs> about? Thank you all for having me. This is fun. Yeah. Anytime. It's a good time. So, uh, Jojo, where can the people find you on the internet? The minute you ask me, I start fucking yawning. Yeah, my I name waited. is Jojo. You can follow me on Twitter at J-O-N-I-O-B-I-B-I-24 and John Nonson12 on Letterboxd. Wasn't even staring at you that time. Hey, we're bringing it back. <laughs> and I've been that kind of guy. You can find me at that kind of guy on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, Goodreads, and TikTok. Jeremy, where can people find you? Oh, uh, I'm on Instagram under Tunes Cosmic Reality. Uh, and uh, That's T-U-N-E-S. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm on Twitter, but I don't use it under A underscore Mighty Bearcat. Cool. And you have a letterbox as well. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, it's Backwards Hero. Backwards Hero, yeah. yeah. Hey. We'll, uh, we'll put some of that information up on the the social medias yeah we'll be sure to, to plug uh all your stuff and including your art oh yeah. yes you're gonna get so many follows so many like we got people <laughs> in fucking dublin we had a bunch of views out of or listens out of london last week uh we got an fbi agent in washington who fucking loves us sweet tapahannock virginia is gonna have your back from now on awesome i don't know yeah. where that's at in virginia oh, but Russia, I'm there are several it. russians who dig us that's good. Hopefully the good Russians. <laughs> so you're, you're, pen you're penetrating the iron wall. Yeah. Good, good Russians, hello. Bad Russians, log off. That's right. Oh, we and stand with Ukraine on this show. I also do like Twitch streaming occasionally. It's also backwards hero for people watching me play like Blood Bowl or like other weird stuff. Awesome. Pat. What you got? Where are you on the internet? What's oh, going yeah, on with Ock this week? Wherever you can see a John Lawson's name online, that's me. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. <clears throat> and we're listening to the week that comes out. That means on Monday, May 23rd, we release episode 264 of the Ogden Hair Podcast, where we play the impression that I get 2.5, where the AYCH crew, which is mostly the Cage and Greatness crew with a couple other people, It was a great game. You can hear me yes. do my Michael and Kane impression. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Letterbox game. It's part of the All You Can Hear's fifth anniversary, which uh, is continuing this coming week with, what is it, the French fry taste test, I think? Yes, with the uh, the, the grand finale 
of the fifth anniversary episode is the French fried taste. Are you okay, Pat? And hopefully Pat will be alive for this. I'm concerned. Good night. <laughs> Pat, he's on the floor. Fuck. Quick. Uh, you can also check out the link trees that we've provided on the Cajun Greatness social medias to find all the all-you-can-hear stuff. Be sure to listen to the show uh, this past Monday. The, the impression game was a good time. I'm not going to spoil it and tell you who wins. I'm just going to tell you I was pretty happy at the end of the day. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> go listen to it. A lot of fun impressions, a lot of terrible impressions, but that's part of the fun. And uh, I have been Captain Shimmy. Hey, you call me Justin, but everybody calls me Shimmy now. So this is the thing that I've leaned into. <clears throat> you can find me at Captain Shimmy's Kind of Art, Captain Shimmy's uh, Almost Music, Captain Shimmy's Toy Box. You can find me here in Tuscaloosa at the Comic Strip. Uh, if you want to make the trek from Tappahannock or Washington or Russia or Dublin or London, please feel free. <clears throat> and uh, yeah. This coming Saturday, if you're local, one of our good friends, a guy named J.R. Mounts, is going to be at the shop selling his new stuff. He's a, he's rebranded. He used to be Scary Tales Noir, and now he's wickedly... It's brand new. It's, it's, it's WTF. That's the initials. It's hilarious. WTF. Wickedly <laughs> something fun. Uh, he'll be here next week as our special guest to tell you all about that, and we're going to be talking about one of our most anticipated Cage films... The Rock. Like The Rock. <laughs> With Sean Connery. Like The Rock. So we're going to have a good time with that one. Uh, also, we have a merch store. You can check it out at tpublic.com slash user slash caging greatness. Uh, next week's JR. The week after that, we've got something pretty special cooking. I don't want to say anything that might jinx it because we got a lot of... A lot of kinks to work out and a lot of kinks to work out, you know what I'm saying? Mm, but uh, I think we've got some cool stuff on the horizon, so thank you all for listening, and please continue to listen. Uh, and you know, maybe leave us a review or a comment to let us know you're there and that we're not just talking into the wind. Like, which, uh, which just does whatever it wants, apparently, <laughs> according to the art of meteorology. <laughs> How do you think we ended up in Tappahannock? The wind just blew us there. Maybe a local resident, according to Wikipedia, Chris Brown... Just likes the show and told everybody. <laughs> Wikipedia says Chris Brown lives in Tappahannock. I don't know how that accurate that is, but this is what Wikipedia says. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Good night, Babs. Bye. Good night, Babs. How absurd. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? How absurd.